Welcome to the Postpartum Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Hopkins, and I'm a pelvic health physical therapist, yoga teacher, and Ayurvedic postpartum doula in training, and I live and work in the seacoast of New Hampshire. Join me as we talk about all things postpartum, from how your pelvic floor heals after birth to how you can support your body as it changes and recovers during postpartum. We will also dig into the inequalities that exist in the birth and postpartum world and how we can fight for equality for birthing people of color, support our LGBTQ families, and gain paid parental leave for everyone. Are you ready for the postpartum revolution? Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Postpartum Revolution podcast. I am so excited to share part two of my conversation with Rose Sheik. And if you didn't catch last week's episode, definitely go back and give that one a listen. Um, In short, Rose is a mama, yogi, Reiki master, and owner of Mama Stay Well. And she is truly a mama on a mission to help all parents shine their light and live well. And I just loved talking with her. Um, Last week, a little summary, Rose shared her own experience of motherhood, and how she struggled to find herself in the chaos. And a lot of you have been, you know, reaching out to Rose and myself and just saying how much this story of her journey of self-discovery has resonated with with them. So again, check it out. It's a good one. Um, Rose shares how yoga introduced her to this path of self-discovery and how the lessons that she learned when she shifted her mindset towards being instead of doing, changed everything. I mean, I don't know about you, but I could use a reminder every day, being present over doing it all perfectly. Just let's hit that one on loop, everybody. Um, So to start this episode off, Rose is going to share an amazing passage from Barbara Brennan's book, Light Emerging, and I hope you all enjoy. Let me read you something because it's it's directly related to the diet culture that we're, we're shoved down our throat, the beauty industry, right, that women are up against, like the bounce your body back and the multi-level marketing stuff that's all hitting postpartum women, right, that Beth Berry talks about so eloquently in her book, Consumerism, all of it, right? Mm-hmm. And why I think self-acceptance, self-discovery is so pivotal and why, yeah. and why motherhood opens up wounds that need to be healed. Yeah. Right? What motherhood yeah. opens up wounds that need to be healed. So this is from the book light emerging by Barbara Brennan. It's a, it's a journey for personal healing. And she writes this chapter. You're going to love this Annie it's for me and you and all the other recovering perfectionists. I'm here for it. Healing yourself with love by letting go of perfectionism. I'm just going to read and then I'll stop. You are your primary healer. One of the most powerful paths of self-healing is to enter into a positive emotional relationship with yourself. Most of us need a lot of work in this area. We simply will not accept ourselves the way that we are. And my response to that is, how the fuck can we when all of our lives, everything around us and in motherhood tells us that we're doing something wrong or we think we're doing something wrong based on someone else's lived experience or the, or the news feed or 
you know, the expectations that are completely unrealistic and damaging us further than these core wounds we already had in the first place. So let me read a little bit further because she says, the most epidemic health problem we have is self-hatred. I understand that this may sound outrageous, especially to someone who has not felt self-hatred or who is in denial. But whenever you get to know anyone more deeply, you find a kernel of self-hatred inside them that runs very deep. And so you might say to me, Rose, my mom told me that hate's a really strong word. I don't hate myself. And then I'll say, okay, well, tell me what you like about yourself. And we can't do that, right? Because we can't identify our strengths. We have a negativity bias towards almost everything, mostly ourselves. I can tell you 10 things in a heartbeat, what I hate about myself, what I did wrong yesterday, how I'm failing as a mother, how I'm coming up short, right? But I don't know myself enough to know what my beautiful essence, what my true nature, what my highest self that I arrived here perfectly as, that's what children are. They arrive, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then this happens. Rather than calling it self-hatred, we use the term low self-esteem. Inside each person is a constant struggle for self-esteem that covers the self-hatred. The struggle for self-esteem rarely stops. Everyone tries to be special in some way to prove their self-worth. It may not be conscious, but it shows in behavior, both underachieving and overachieving. There are those who try harder and those who don't even bother. We are in a vicious cycle. We try or we blatantly don't try. To prove we are worthy by a set of standards that were laid out for ourselves in childhood, and I would add by our society, right? Those expectations. Yet we do, when we do attain the goals laid out in those standards, we simply disregard them and pursue different ones. That's another thing we do. Like I was saying, I had, to, I had to really come back to myself and say, you have grown. You have transformed. This is different. This is not the same child. You are not the same person. This space of sleep deprivation that you're in right now is triggering that feeling from the past. But this present moment is uniquely the only present moment that exists. Mm-hmm. Right? There's that yogic lens again, right? Mm-hmm. Right? And just this last thing from this book that I want to say about healing self-hatred or coming into a self-acceptance. The only way to break out of the vicious cycle that holds self, self-hatred in place is to identify the imposter within and to stop trying to rework yourself to please others. Begin to observe yourself to find out how much you become the imposter, how, how you manipulate, betray, and reject yourself according to what you think others want from you, and thereby how you lose connection to your true self. I bet it's similar to the way you've done it since childhood. Boom, Barbara Brennan. Like, Seriously. Boom. That is just, yeah, there's so, so much there. And you know what? So much, you know, I had a friend um, listen to this podcast and she was like, that episode's for like 
you know, more than just moms, you know, she doesn't have kids yet. She's not, she's not in that stage of life yet for having children. And she was like, there's a lot for a lot of people, like anyone here. And this is one of those things too, this, this little reading from Barbara Brennan, like this is just should be required reading because it is, it's a whole different animal when you put the term hatred in there, Mm self-hatred. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we shy away from that because like you said, oh, that's, that's mean and whatever, but what are we saying to ourselves? You know, I've, you know, I, I asked people time and time again, like, would you say an, you know, a quarter of what you say to yourself in your head out loud to someone else? Like if, if Rose, you were late to something and, you know, forgot the, the thing that you were supposed to bring to this party, would I ever say out loud to you? any of the things that I would be saying to myself in my head, berating myself, you know, you're not good enough. Everyone else got here in time. Why can't you manage to do that? Blah, 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 blah. If you wouldn't say it out loud to someone, you shouldn't say it to yourself. Like that's another one where I just have like, try that on for a second. If you would Mm -hmm. not audibly speak that sentence out loud to someone else in your position, why are you saying it to yourself? right? That's hateful. Why wouldn't we say it to someone else? Well, because that would be hateful and that other person would feel bad and we don't want that person to feel bad. And let's just put up a mirror here and reflect all of that, you know, intention back to ourselves. Mm. Like, why are we saying this to ourselves if it's hateful and it's going to make us feel bad? And like, why would we do that if we don't do it to someone else? But here we are doing it to ourselves in a steady stream of thought. Like, sometimes my mean girl voice like doesn't even like take a breath between sentences. She's going off like Mm -hmm. so hard, you know? Mm -hmm. So it just, she does her pranayama. She does that work. She's got that. (laughs) She knows that breath work. She's like, I can say as much as I need to because I do a lot of deep breathing. Absolutely. Uh (laughs) I know. I know. And so that's where our energy lives. Right. And you know, Mm -hmm. where our energy goes, what's the, Mm -hmm. Where, where our energy goes, our where your attention goes, attention your energy goes. flows. Yes, that's it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Those words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you, yeah. it comes to light a lot during pregnancy and postpartum because I think you you are rebirthing as a mother, and you have to go back and heal these wounds. But again, like this, like what if we could just do this ahead of time? <laughs> what if you and you reminded me of first? something. You reminded me of something though that when you said a friend listened to the podcast and said, this is relevant content to people who aren't mothers. Listen, all of us, masculine, feminine, male, female energy is in each of us. Masculine and feminine energy is in each of us. And we have to remember our humanness, our humanness, and that we have physical bodies that are energetic, really, that we need to take care of. And when we don't, they fall apart. So if that is an incentive to become more self-aware, to self-accept and do the work that shows up physically in the body, because we have a health crisis, right? <laughs> do we have a health crisis aside we from a, a pandemic? <laughs> we've had a few. <laughs> yeah, right? we have a couple. So that's where I would, I would hold the mirror back. And you talk about, you know, the mirror, the world provides mirrors. And I think you know, maybe we do, we do say the things to other people that we say to ourselves, but we're not conscious of the ways that we're saying it as a projection of how we're feeling. Does that Mm. make sense to you? Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm going to get to that in how we talk to our children. I kind of touched upon that and how you talk to your significant other who's trying to 
rear a small being with you. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these are the core wounds that you've had since childhood that created the self-hatred along with all the outside influence, right? Yeah. So this is why I think, you know, like if, if you dive full martyrdom into motherhood and you just sacrifice it up and you don't say, I got to be something for myself, for my soul, for my child, I can still transform within this space. And you start doing some of that work. Like my friend, my friend Jen, who's a soul sister tribe mama, she wrote a book. And she says that, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm actually an author in it. Um, the language of motherhood, she calls it. And she says that motherhood is a mosaic of beauty, pain, and oneness. We have to remember the oneness that we have as humans. Separation is the greatest illusion that causes suffering. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And we do that in the motherhood game by separating ourselves into the stay-at-homies, the work moms, the, you know, all the different mm-hmm. mom. We're all mothers, but first we're humans. First we are people that need to know who we are. Yeah. We well, need I to think- know who we are. Yeah, and I think the. Motherhood, you know, branches of soccer mom, stay-at-home mom, working mom. Like, that is just mirroring our culture. You know, Mm -hmm. because separation is the name of the American game. Individualistic. Mm. Separate myself. I am better than you. We are separate. We do not share. You know, we, you know, it's even like... I mean, we just had that election. Lord almighty. (laughs) We won't... We're not going to go there. But I'm just saying, if ever there was a place to see the separation... Yes. There it is. There it is, right? Yes. We it's all over the place. So how could that not be reflected into motherhood? Is all mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like we're not, you know, all of this, we're not doing this to ourselves consciously, right? This has just kind of been ingrained and like baked into our our mind and our interaction and our culture. And it is our culture too. I mean, this there's certain themes that are worldwide, but then there's some wildly different approaches to motherhood and the sacred time and stuff like that, that just mm-hmm. are not. So it's, it's not the, our way. The American way is not the only way out there. And I don't think it is serving us well. Like you said before, like ask yourself, you know, when you're observing, how is this, you know, benefiting me? How is this harming me? Blah, 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 blah. Like we have the statistics to show that the U S maternal morbidity and mortality mm-hmm. is in the gutter, right? And it's just our C-section rate is through the roof. Neither of those things are healthy for mothers. And here we are with all of this objective data going, yeah, well, moms should try harder. And that is where I started flipping tables and going, fuck that in all that it stands for. And that needs to change. And so that's why we're here. But anyway... Well- Well, that piece right there too, I don't want to, this sounds like a mountain of work and in a sense it is, but it's all work that you can do with yourself, for yourself, with a little bit of guidance that really can be free, free and accessible. If you make it, if you choose it, if you want more for yourself, because within each all of us lies this expansive potential. We all have a highest version of ourselves. And it's that true essence that we came here that that we need to remember we need to wake up to it and live it and so I think it can happen 
within all the different pressures, if we allow more space for being with ourselves overdoing, and that was a big shift from my first to my second postpartum too. I shift from the doing yang, yang mentality, right? The masculine energy to the yin being just simply allowing to be in the witness consciousness is the first step that you can take to start to understand yourself because this is how it works. You have the awareness of the thoughts that you're having. You start to notice how they lead to the behaviors that you do, the habits every single day. These maladaptive habituations that lead to chronic illness. Our our reactivity to stress, if you start paying attention and you let that be your starting point, you you can cover a lot of ground with just that, right? Before doing any other kind of body work or energy work, just watching yourself to say, is this how I want to show up? Is this the truth? Do I really, like, is this really in alignment if I am still enough for long enough, if I cannot be busy? Like, can we do it? And I think 2020 was like the big slowdown. It sent people into like, my skin is itchy because I have to be home with my family and I can't mm-hmm. go anywhere and do all the things that distract me from myself. Hello. Mm-hmm. Are we going to live lives where we're constantly distracted from ourselves and we don't know who we are and what we want and how our emotions are wreaking havoc on our lives that we can't even live out of a state of survival long enough to feel like life is absolutely gloriously beautiful? And we're here to thrive and we're here to love and we're here to like feel the energy mm-hmm. that is everywhere. And our energy at, as mothers matters most. It's written about in those sacred cultures. They knew that. They knew to protect the mother. They knew to keep her warm. They knew to help her take care of the baby, right? They knew yeah. that. And, and it's, he said um, in postnatal depletion, There's an excerpt that says, you know, all of the family's wellness, the community's wellness, everything centers around mother being well. No pressure, but but it's important. It's super important. So why not say, I'm going to take this time for me within this space and not completely lose myself to it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let that happen. So I started to talk about how our thoughts produce our our emotions right and that cycle i think we need to understand that our emotions are energy we are energetic beings this is where i might start to lose people with my woo-woo-ness but like there's enough science now <laughs> thank god there's enough science that we can actually back up this witchy wacky stuff right yep energy energy has laws energy needs to move Energy needs space to move. Emotions need to move. They get stuck in our body and they cause those problems, right? And we have a field of energy around us. And this is where it starts to be in connection with our children, our spouses, the universal energy field, the quantum field, right? But because we share this field with our children, I think it's even more of a calling since we sign up to be mothers, to rear new life, and we care about them so much 
that we'll sacrifice ourselves for them, consider this. Our energy field is their energy field for the first zero to seven years of life. There is science. There is brainwave research, neuroscience, backing up that we plant seeds of our subconscious beliefs. Our whole identity is formed during the years of zero to seven. We carry those core wounds to the adult years and boom, there's the cycle of self-hatred, right? Yeah. So if we're not tending to our needs, if we're not aware of how we're showing up in our lives with our children, it's going to impact them. Not to put all that heavy weight on it, but it does. They have mirror neurons that read our body language. 80% of the stress we receive and 80, 90% of the communication that we have is through body language, right? Children don't have words for the first two to three years, mine started at 15 months and hasn't started talk, stopped talking since the first one, but <laughs> they don't have words to communicate. So they're picking up on your cues and your energy, your emotion are their cues. And if you have no ability to regulate yourself, if you have constant reactivity and you have rage like, I didn't hear about body full of stars mm. last time around either, right? That talks about postpartum rage. I didn't hear about it till this time. And I was like, rage, rage, that's what I had. That's what was happening there, this rage. Yeah. And that's why my oldest son has such, I'm not going to put it all on. It's part of his, it's part of his astrological sign and who he is and his personality, but he's fire. He mm. has a quick temper. He picked up on that energy. And this is where our children can start to act as the mirrors for the wounds of our inner child if we're available to see that. It's a, it's a, they're here to teach us as much as we're here to rear them. But we have to understand like the things that are triggering about them are something within us. It has less to do about them than it does about us right? And we don't want to explode on them every time because how are they ever going to learn how to self-regulate and how are they ever going to learn to cope with their big emotions and process their energy if that's our modus operandum of dealing with them? And I have like a really clear example of this from my first child. Sleep. Sleep deprivation. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. I was so frazzled and frantic every night, especially like in his toddler years where he had like a resistance and saying it and desperation around him going to sleep that I would enter into the process of putting him to bed totally intense, like mm. totally impatient. There was no cuddling, nurturing, caring, creating a safe feeling Children are in a brainwave that is like a trance-like state that is highly suggestible. Right before bed, I'm suggesting that he's not safe to go to bed in his dark room, right? Like, that's what he's getting from me. When I stopped doing that, when I had the self-awareness to have a calmer presence and create nurturing for him, mm -hmm. 
game changed. His whole sleep dynamic was different and it's better for him now. And you know what I do now? I include him in the conversation about doing mindfulness work and calming our nervous system. We do a meditation. He's old enough. We can do that with our children so that when we say we don't have space to do it for ourselves, we create the space to do it. Because it has to be done for them and us, and we can do it together. Yep. Like right now is time for a conversation about conscious and awakened parenting too in the postpartum. Mm -hmm. What's going on in our world? Like, are you going to be somebody who embodies your truth for your child or can keeps perpetuating these societal norms and conditioned beliefs that made you feel shitty about yourself so they can continue and feel shitty about themselves? Do we want to do that or do we want to create our own value systems, things that feel in alignment? Do we want to know our truths? Do we want to connect with our children and their pure consciousness that is like beautiful? and their innocence, can we create the space to be able to do that for them and us? Mm-hmm. If we can't, like there's another call. There's another call. Can we see ourselves and our children through eyes of unconditional love versus the labeling of good and bad behavior? It's hard. Because we haven't seen it. It hasn't been modeled for us. So much I feel like we're this generation is creating not something out of nothing because you know there's plenty of amazing parenting and and parent-child relationships out there. But like we are, you know, can you create what did you just say? You know, unconditional love versus labeling good and bad. That's like a foreign concept to my psyche. There are Mm -hmm. good things and bad things. That's just how the world is has been categorized. And then there if you is. come back, if you come back to the lens of, of yoga, the yogic lens, there's always a midpoint, two things yeah. existing at the same time. And we're trying to find the space between black and white, the gray space. We're trying to find stira and sukha, hardness, or not hardness, but strength and softness at the mm-hmm. same time. Can we do these things at the same time? Can we have a playful presence? versus persecution of ourself and our children or others? Can we stand in our power versus seeking validation? Because we all have an innate need to be seen and heard and understood and to belong. That's what children come here with. They are unconditional loves looking for the world to give them unconditional love and acceptance. Yeah. It's yeah. big work. It's big work. It's big work. <laughs> we're, we're not so great at unconditional love. The world puts conditions on that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're it worthy starts. If. Yeah. But it starts with being willing to say, I'm not going to accept that as my truth anymore. I'm going to take off these masks that I've been wearing. I'm going to learn how to hear myself and drown out that external noise. I'm going to be a little bit more growth oriented. We've become fixed mindset. Like we've become so boxed. We put everybody in a box of our culture that it's supposed to be this way. Mm -hmm. And this is like, 
like this is where perfectionism came from, right? And and oh, our yeah. feeling like we had to like hide who we were and be who we needed to be for everybody to like us, the imposter syndrome. And it does require an emotional intelligence, right? Which is hard to come by. But I have two boys and because I hope for this change in the world, because I think that we've been living in a patriarchy of like that masculine dominant energy and nurturing and self-awareness and acceptance and unconditional love needs to come back. Like the rising of the maternal instincts. Like Mm -hmm. I want to work on emotional intelligence to have emotionally intelligent men in the world that can communicate with a female who has a lot of hormonal things going on, right? And to like have the words about emotions and to to have the self-awareness. I think like, this sounds big, but at this time, like I think that we have the potential as mothers living right now as we're shifting through this whole pandemic and it's a big wake up call to move towards more conscious living to like, right? is that we can be guardians. We can be game changers of this evolution to a higher conscious living, a sustainable living, right? That, the, mm-hmm. that we all like, you know, we're like we're dreaming about it. We just can't keep accepting. We can't keep rejecting ourselves at the cost of ourselves and we can't keep accepting the truths that are not our own. Yeah. We can't. No, boom. We cannot. No and more. So there's, 2020 is a calling. I've said this since the beginning. It's a calling for all of us to do some inner work, however that plays out. If yoga is not your thing and everything I'm saying is like, ah, like find a coach, find a therapist, find a container, like you said, to do some work. Because if not when, if not now, then when, it's never, it's never. And, but the more people that step up to do this work, our collective energy field shifts our collective consciousness, the vibration of the planet, which emotions carry frequencies and vibrations. Mm -hmm. And we can back this up with science too, I promise. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds cry, but it'll all rise. Like we need this healing. Isn't that like, like we need an uplifting message right about now 2020. Yeah, we need about a million of them, but yes. And I think we're getting them too. I think we are seeing them. We're we're starting to, like you said, that the slowdown that's happened has returned our focus to like core family unit, slow times. You know, you're not running off. You don't have the the distractions, the thousand distractions to keep you from yourself, you know? And so we are starting to hopefully see more gifts in the mundane and, Mm -hmm. you know, see the time that we spend with one another as the greatest gift hugs. Oh my God, do I miss hugs? I will never take a hug for granted again, you know, or even touching just a friendly pat on the shoulder, being in someone else's space, Mm -hmm. the six foot feet apart thing. Like I just, there's so many little things that I didn't think I would like miss on a cellular level. I'm like, Oh, God. And that's me. I'm an extrovert. I'm a people person, but and like, cause that could be the complete, like from my husband is a total opposite. He's an introvert. He's not a people person. He's like holed up in his house doing work, his work from home. And he's happy as a little clam. And I'm like, Oh God, get me out of here. 
Let me hug all the people. (laughs) You just brought my hands right to my heart, though, when you're talking about that connection. We do all, whether we're introverted or extroverted or a combination of both, because I've discovered I'm both. Yeah. Um, We are here to connect with each other. We're here to live in community. We we seek that sense of belonging. We need meaningful relationships, right? Mm -hmm. But we need a meaningful relationship with ourselves because the way that you treat yourself, the way that you relate to yourself, the way that you talk to yourself, whether you think it or not, it's showing up in your relationship with the rest of the world. So I'm circling back to that. Yeah. Like, like that is it. Like, but how do we get there? When we have a million things to do, right? And we're living now under the roof, doing the work from home with the kids who are remote learning from home. Like, like you're like, but that can't be done. But it it can. It's a reclaiming. It's a reclaiming because I have two children under the age of five, right? Um, I'm talking to you right now. Before I talked to you, I did a ritual bath that I always do as my my practice of reclaiming space. It's a trade-off and it's truly being honest and being willing to have an assessment of your needs versus your wants in terms of your self-care versus the self numbing, the self like dealing with stress through the lens of, I just need to distract from this I need to veg out from this. I need to drink from this. Like, let's be honest. Do I really need to watch Netflix and eat a thing of ice cream? Sometimes. Maybe that is what you need, right? Over time, if that's your only mechanism and you don't take the space, the only space that you have at the end of the day when your children are sleeping, finally, to do something for yourself. And then you go through your day saying, there's no time for me. There's no time for me. Mm -hmm. There's no space. Well, you have to be willing to say, I'm going to create the space and you have to ask for things. Say husband, partner, anyone that's helping. If you're a single mom or you have no help, like take a longer shower, like wake up a smidgen early, lay in your bed longer. Like there is pockets of space within our reality, but we're busy telling ourselves that it doesn't exist because we're busy being busy. Mm -hmm. So we reclaim space throughout our day with support as much as we can get it in this world. And by disconnecting and unplugging from the external stuff that we do to do the work with ourselves. Yeah. Because of the long-term effects of stress, we got to yep. flip it. Mm-hmm. We got to get out of a sympathetic nervous system into parasympathetic living, which is slow. We have to get out of survival, which puts us in the pocket to create. And we do it by having self-care. And I'm going to circle back to self-talk for a second because self-care isn't just eating clean, which is what we're fed. Have the mm-hmm. diet culture, like exercise to a detriment, right? Remember my story, I exercise to a detriment of my health. Like it helped me in other ways, but didn't mm-hmm. eat clean gets you so far. The self-talk component, the, he- the emotions. And I wrote about it once that like, 
Self-talk is just as damaging as a highly processed diet. It's just as damaging as a sedentary lifestyle. Right? Yes. And it's free. It's free to work on. It's there with you because you're always with yourself, right? Wherever you go, she's still with me. I can't shake her. Yeah. Those nasty girl thoughts you said she doesn't take a breath, but you said I'm I see her not taking a breath or I don't catch her until after the fact, but you catch her. You're trying mm-hmm. to catch her. You're trying to create the space within your mind or to get out of your mind and get into your body mm-hmm. to move the energy, to move the emotions, to um, yeah. to find and uncover and unpack your story that needs to be told. And in that way too, what you just said there too, because, you know, as as we're looking for that, that love and attention and care and nurturing, and let's say, you know, we don't have any external support or anything like that. We can give it to ourselves, writing Mm -hmm. your own story, your own narrative. Like you said, you know, you blogged about this and you're like, I don't know who reads this, but I needed to write it for myself. Because that is a way that you can give it to yourself. If you give yourself the time and attention to write down your story, honor your story, honor your journey, you know, toss a little ceremony on it if you want to, um, whatever feels good. I'm not going to, like, there's not a right or wrong ceremony. Like, do whatever you want. Create art. Play a mm-hmm. song. Write it up and burn it in a trash can. I Whatever feels true to you. Because, you know, what that will have meant is that you have taken the time to slow down and turn inward and listen Mm -hmm. that like you said early on is just like the biggest first step you know and like such a good 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 nourishing practice to start but you can you can start to become your own source of nourishment it takes time and space sure but you can do it like as you're just talking right now like write down your story share your story stand in your power I felt that I'm like, wow, that would really like soothe a lot of loose ends or like calm a very frazzled nervous system because you're, we want to be seen and heard, right? So if we write it down and we record it, we video it, we type it all out, we can see it and it can be heard. It can be Mm -hmm. read. And then we can complete that loop of saying, look, here I am in a tangible sense outside of myself. I am seen. I am heard. Yes, Annie. Like I have arrived. Yes. We can do it. And there's so much healing that exists in just doing that. Like you said, in journaling, you know, I'm going to go back to it. You are your primary healer. Mm -hmm. We all have the capacity. We don't have to go to an energy worker. You don't have to be a healer. You don't have to be a hippie woo woo yoga teacher like me. Um, (laughs) That's what I want women to understand is that, and and you can do this as a conversation. I think the other piece of this is you don't have structured supports, but hopefully you have a team of women in your life, like your diehards, like your ride or die ladies, right? Mm -hmm. My soul tribe that you can have below the surface level conversations with. Let's not talk about blah, 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 this, like, Let's go right at the guts of it and share. One of my friends and I had a texting exercise one week where we just 
had a rage session of like, let's say all the things that are really getting on us right now under the suffocation that we feel in the dichotomy of our roles with our partners in the expectations on us right now of our children and the lives that we're living. Have the conversations with someone that you feel safe to have it. Have it with a therapist if you can afford it. Every day have a conversation with yourself and notice the narrative and then try on something different. Yeah. Try and, and or, or before you even try on anything different, notice when you're saying the horrible thing to yourself, where it shows up into your body. Take a deep breath, imagining that breath going right to the space that you feel it in your body. And then let that exhale out, imagining you're releasing some of that energy. And you're not just imagining it because you are. Mm -hmm. Is that not free? Is that not yeah. something that can be done within a moment? You can start doing some of these practices preemptively and you can do them presently. You have to have the awareness to do them presently. So I think building a practice of some sort, finding a pocket of space that you're willing to trade. I mean, I'm carving it into my day while I'm doing stuff. Like if I do the seven loads of laundry that are always sitting somewhere, I'm listening to your podcast and that's enriching to my soul. Um, anytime I get in the car, if you can get in a car and be by yourself as a mother, right? That's mm -hmm. a pocket of space. Do a little extra something in that car because it's time that you have available and you're telling yourself that you have no time make yourself a priority. You are worth the time. You have to make it. I think you have to make it. Yeah. I mean, some of the other ways that I do it, um, I mean, of course, I have like a whole toolbox now. I developed the energy medicine practice is feeling myself in my bed before I get out of the bed. I'm feeling myself in my bed. I feel my whole body. I feel the weight of my body on my bed. I'm not going to just pop up and rush to my day because everybody's calling for me. Let them wait. They need to learn to wait for you for a moment. I'm actually at the point where I have conversations with my five-year-olds about needs, his needs, my needs, how we all need to do things for ourselves. And I know you need me to play with you, and I do intend to do that. I also need to feed myself because I have a human body that requires fuel to make it through the day. I need yes. to shower myself. You have to advocate even like, and then you're teaching your children again, that you're not willing to compromise yourself completely and utterly and totally, you know? Yeah. And that's a huge lesson. That is such a huge lesson. You know, and yeah. if you can ingrain that into that zero to seven, you're doing a great job. But what it'll look like in the moment is selfish or what society and culture will tell you is that it's selfish, you know, or what the screaming toddler who wants the thing is going to like just grate on your nerves and make you feel guilty as all hell. But there is a deeper learning going on, both for and you and a, for the child. Yeah. And there's a moment there where you can choose to like, Re react to the intensity of the emotional experience that they're having, or you can let it be their emotions and let their, them have them because they need to learn that it's okay to feel that way and not to stuff it down. And when I feel like this, I'm not safe to feel like this because then she acts like that. And 
then I don't know. And then that means something about me. Hmm. Hmm. You could have an opportunity. What I turn to a lot, another way you can do this with your children and at home is being playful. Like we've lost the ability to play. I know it doesn't feel good for any of us, but like not even sense of like sitting in imaginative play with your child. If you don't have time for that, be playful in your interactions. Don't take it all so seriously and be so rigid and have such intense expectations. We have such intense expectations for children too, that they are not emotionally, socially capable of at the, at the stages that we expect them to be. Right. So get back to like, let's be a little silly. You can massage yourself. We've lost an intimacy in the shower. Take, you're taking a shower anyway. Really lather that. Abhyanga, right? Abhyanga mm-hmm. is an Ayurvedic practice. We've lost an intimacy because we're in such disdain of our female bodies because we were told not to trust them and that they're you know gross if they don't look a certain way. We got to get into the tissues of our body and move the energy. Rub long strokes and move that lymphatic tissue you don't have to pay a massage therapist to do it. If you can't afford it, oh, you can't get to one right now. There's a pandemic. Um, give yourself a massage. I was mm-hmm. doing this like before any of that, like move it through. And when you can get to the healers, make that appointment, cancel some things off of your calendar, some things that you feel in your gut. Oh my God, I want to say no to this. But if I say no to it, I'm disappointing so-and-so. Who cares if you disappoint so-and-so? Are you going to disappoint so-and-so to disappoint yourself over and over and over and over and over again? Mm -hmm. You should be a regular appointment in your schedule if if you have the support somehow to do that, if you have the means. Like, you you got to make it. You got to make it. Take those five minutes in the car. Take those extra couple minutes in the shower because that will all add up to feeling nourished and grounded at the end of the day. And, you know, it's any way you can. If you can't block out a 30-minute time, you know, fine. Block out 10, three minutes. And that's 30 minutes of (laughs) self-care. Here's the other one. Here's the other one if you are at home with kids or if like... You're not, if you're at home and you're not working a job at the same time, or you've found some flexibility in your job because your, your employment is understanding of what we're living through, your, your spouse is with you or someone's with you and the television's with you. I'm someone who did not want my child to watch too much screen time and TV until he was two years old and he didn't. And now it's a matter of one, one baby is napping, the other child can sit and have his downtime and his quiet time and watch something that could still be enriching for him. And I can go do yoga, move my body or rest my body. Cause it's not all about doing again. We got to come back to being, I can sit and meditate and hear those thoughts and hear, take a pause. The day's not going well. Uh, the day is not going well. If you're in a bad mood when you start your day, chances are everybody that shows up in your day are mirroring that back to you. And you think they're the problem. Mm-hmm. Take a pause and recenter, reground yourself. Like breathe into the space, listen to the story and say, how can I choose this a little bit differently? How can I turn a different corner here? Because I don't like the way this is going. And I am the creator of my own reality. 
Yep. I manifest my destiny. This life is not happening to me. It's happening for me. Like, I'm going to make it happen for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all of these, all of these shifts, it just kind of dawned on me, like all of these radical shifts that you've been, you know, describing and, and ways to kind of restructure and reorganize and, and recenter yourself in your life. So much of this comes from that birth of a mother. How, when do we get to reinvent ourselves? When do we get to like re, you know, establish our relationship with the world, if not motherhood? It is like a definite mark, marker in our, in the time frame of our life, right? From the day that we became a mother. And we, I think, you know, we can see like all of this as laid out for us. A mother is this, a mother is that, a good mother does this and says that and has these things. But what you're suggesting here and what you've laid out, you know, through the sharing of your story is like, you can make it what it's a choose your own adventure. You know, if you get that witness consciousness, that awareness, it's like a choose your own adventure. What is true to me? You know, and I, I just, I would challenge and encourage anyone listening to try to take that, that kind of narrative shift and, and mm-hmm. run with it and create it because, you know, you know, Rose is a, a yogi hippie mama and we need her in the world and you are whatever you are and we need you in the world. You know, we don't need a million more roses, although she's quite lovely. We need you. And so I think the challenge is to find who you are. Oh, that old thing. Who are you? What's the meaning of life? But seriously, like we can do it. And, And Rose, you've laid out some really like accessible and practical ways to do so. And that's what I love so much about talking to you. We need to stop the comparing and contrasting though, because comparison is the thief of joy, right? Yep. It's the thief. We are all mothers and we are humans first. We need to honor the human that we are, the energy that we possess, how our energy affects the world that we're living in and the relationships that we have, how it affects our physical health, mental health, emotional, like it's this interconnectedness of all mm-hmm. of us. The, again, a back to the illusion of the illusion of separation. And I think, you know, like the biggest invitation and I do it through sharing my truths. And I came up with some, some of my personal truths that were awakened by motherhood. Cause I feel like when you step up and you say, I'm going to be brave enough to say this thing about myself that kind of looks ugly. And then you say, can you do that? Can you share that with someone? Can you find that soul tribe and stop the comparing and contrasting? Stop the competing. My mama stay well kind of mantra. And mantras are another thing that you can do to change the dialogue that have been very effective. I had to literally switch mine from unworthy statements all the time to I love and accept myself for all that I am and all that I am not. And it's both. It's a, it, this is like, I, the one thing that I negated to say in all of this is we're not accepting our good parts, just the good, right? Again, it's the whole damn picture. It's being willing to feel the ugly, hard, dark, deep that you've been avoiding so that it can move through so that it has that space to not linger in your body and become cancer. You know, like I hate to yeah. be, but 
that's what yeah. we're, you know, where it's going. But my, my mantra of mama stay well is the badass warrior, divine goddess of a mother in me sees honors and reveres the badass warrior, divine goddess of a mother in you. Can we, can we hold that space for each other? Can we be badass warriors? Can we be divine goddesses, guardians of this consciousness rising, whether you want to believe that or not? Like, but can you want more for yourself? Let me just put it in other terms that might resonate. Can you want, can you want, because you chose to become a mother and like that changes you, that breaks you open to have this experience. It can't. Cause you start seeing another life and you feel so responsible for it. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I'll, can I share my personal truth so that it maybe it sets the stage for somebody to stand in their power and speak their truth and accept these things. Please do. All right. This is what I've come to realize. Humor and playfulness suit me far better than rigid and controlling harsh expectations of myself and others. The mess in my house is directly connected to the phase of the moon, how much I sleep I get, and how much space I am able to reclaim for myself. At any given point, there's usually five to seven laundry baskets. They're both clean and dirty. Sometimes I confuse them and I have to start all over again, you know? Like, it just happens. It's a thing. It's okay. Um, most days, you know, you, you could see me right now. My hair's in a mom bun. I'm a hot looking, looking mess from the outside. Yoga pants are definitely in my uniform. They are. If you ask me to dress up, I will do it in a heartbeat. I got fancy stuff in there that wants to be worn, but that's how I roll every single day. And I'm done like apologizing for it because it's not put together enough. Um, I consider myself a love child of evidence-based practices, holistic health, and all things mystical and magical. However, that sounds kind of like a menage a trois. Like that's three. So how did I become a love child of three? I don't know. You figured that one out. You figured that one out. Mystical magic. I mean, that takes me to my next point is which I think I'm hilarious. And I make myself laugh as much as possible because I learned that I had to do that. And I've always thought I was funny. And I no longer need anybody else to laugh. And when they look at me like, what the fuck is she talking about? I'm like, yes, I'm doing it. I'm owning my weirdness. And I'm making the joke that they're like, oh, my MG. Um, Because I just no longer care. I like really, truly at this point, I think the older you get, and with motherhood, I've decided with this radical self-acceptance, because it's radical, you have to be radical and unconditional, that you can let those things go. Um, I've secretly always wanted to be a singer. I also secretly always wanted to be a stand-up comic, and I did that during the pandemic live on my Facebook page. That was interesting. Um, after many years of sabotage and ridicule, I'm deciding... Like I had disordered eating and exercise addiction problems and all sorts of stuff. I've just decided I traded that thankfully long before the motherhood games that my body is a vessel of life 
and I should be in reverence of it. We should all be in reverence of what a gift it is to have a physical body. And that's why we need to return to, to take care of it through mm-hmm. the physical, mental, emotional energy work. I do not expect to ever bounce back. Right. Like Beth Berry talks about that too. It's not going to happen. I don't need it to here's, here's some of the darker stuff that I have a heart, you know, nobody wants to say as a mom, I love my children. I really do with all of my being, but if I don't create that mental and physical space that I need, I become an absolute rage monster. I'm swearing under my breath. I am reactive. I'm saying things that I know from like, from the level of creating wounds, I am, I'm, I'm shaming a child or I'm guilting them because of how I feel about myself. Right. So that's why I need to do the work. I love them. Yeah. Nothing causes me greater anxiety than when my children get sick, nothing. And I must always remain aware and conscious of the old narratives. They're always trying to give it another go. I need to continue telling my story to heal. I, I want to hear other women tell it here. Like, here's the microphone that you're, you're giving to the world. I give it back. Let's tell it. Um, and I said it before, I wasn't sure I could mentally and emotionally handle another child. And I said that so many times. And, and that's just among the many other things that the imposter syndrome things and the lies that I told myself for so many years because I was operating from that lens of unworthiness and hatred. But I'm so glad that I decided to go again and have this beautiful child who's going to change me again for the better, who's going to serve as a mirror for more things that need to be healed if I'm willing. Yeah. Those are some of the truths. And that's me standing in my power of them. And there's more on my blog that I just, and I shared, I was hiding for a really long time and I guess I'm not hiding anymore. Well, I am here for it. I think you step out into the brighter light because you're a beautiful mm-hmm. soul, Rose. You really are. And you speak, you, are. And you speak your truth so eloquently and in such a relatable way. And your passion for sharing it with others is really um, like magnetic in a good way. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm so honored that you, you know, chose this platform to come and share, you know, it's, it's just what we need more of in the world. This kind of honest sharing of, of the quote, good and the quote, bad, you know, the, the lightness and the darkness that exists in all of us, the journey, you know, the ups and the downs through all of it, you know, just sharing the story, sharing, you know, everyone's viewpoint, honoring everyone's viewpoint and standing in the power of, of your individual individuality. Like that's, what's going to make this, like, that's my answer to my earlier question of like, how does this change? Like, this is how it changes. Just this Mm. minor work of coming home to yourself, just, you know, like a weekend trip, right? Just just like one of those retreats, like, you know yeah. that movie Couples Retreat? They did a lot yeah. there on that movie. No, I know. I know it's heavy stuff. I know it, it's no. big. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be so 
transcendental Buddhist, like any of that. And if like you need proof, I would say one thing I wanted to mention as a resource, there's a really cool series by a renowned neuroscientist, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he actually talks about meditation and brain waves and how our thoughts create the emotions that create these stress states that create the chronic health conditions and how we rewire the circuitry of our brain, these sub subconscious programs. So like if my message didn't resonate, he's, he's a doctor and he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Go listen to him. Um, all the people that put the information out there were part of the healing. Yeah. So it's there. Yeah. Seek, seek truth, seek your own truth. Seek, seek knowledge that serves you that feels really resonant and create the space enough to know the difference between what you think you're supposed to do and what your intuition really tells you that you should do. Because as mothers, there's just too much, there's too much noise. There's too many ideas. And I, I read the books, like I love it. Some of it's helpful, but, um, you just have to return home. You have to look at your unique child and your relationship and what they're mirroring to you. Yeah. And I think what we might miss, we weren't given permission to take and leave parts of things. You can read the book, take what serves you and leave what doesn't. You don't have to be by the book all the time. You could read some things, learn some things, hear some things and be like, yes, yes, no, no. Yes, yes, no. Yes. Okay. Thanks. I'm, I'm so, evolving. It right. doesn't have to be all yes or exactly. all no. Well, my friend Jen that I mentioned wrote a book. Um, another, another plug for her. She wrote a book called the language of transformation. Right. And the Mm. subtitle of that book is the overdue permission slip to belong to yourself. Ooh, we're going to link up to that book. That sounds like a gem. There's this mosaic of beauty and pain and oneness. And then there's this permission slip within that to return home and belong to yourself, to transform among the challenges. Cause life's not going to just like be easy. We know that, right? Yeah. No. Motherhood is not easy. So yeah, it's there where your attention goes, your energy flows, your words create your world. Yep. And we need to learn to be impeccable with our words. That's from the, the four agreements. That's a good one, but mm-hmm. be impeccable. Yeah. So yes. Rose, as we wrap up here, um, where can folks find you or get in touch with you? I have my website on mamastaywell.com. You can subscribe to the blog there, shoot me an email. Um, I'm, I'm really honoring a longer postpartum period this time. So I'm not really actively doing too much work, but 2021 is coming around the corner and I'm feeling alive. I'm I'm feeling the need to bring women together and create circles for these conversations. My friend and I talked about possibly a rage circle. Mm. Um, Yeah. We don't have all the deets on that yet, but stay tuned. 
You can find me there. You can find me on Instagram at mamastaywell.com. I'm not very active on social media right now either. Had to take a disconnect, step back there, honoring. Yeah. Um, but those are my but spaces. Facebook as well. Yeah. Cool. All the places. We will link up to all of that. And yeah, the, the final question, Rose, what's your message? What's your big message to the postpartum revolution that we're going to blast out to everyone? Mm. Getting to know yourself through the space of motherhood is the ultimate journey. It's the ultimate journey because you can do motherhood and just know yourself in the identity as mother, the role, or you can know yourself at the core level, at the soul level and have that embodied experience to share and to, to heal and to be healthy and feel, feel whole. It's not going to all be perfect. Let's not, we know that, right? Yeah. It's not perfect. And it's an well, accepting. Yeah. Because whole encompasses yes. all. Oh, that's Good, true. Bad, both yeah. and, right? It's the circle containing yeah. all the yeah. things. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So It'll that's it. Start, start with reclaiming space to just be aware of yourself. Yep. Your thoughts and your reactions. And then see where that takes you and what you want to do with it. And if you want a friend, I'm here. Yep. I'm I'm I your badass. It. I'm a badass friend. Let's hang. It's true. She is a <laughs> badass friend, folks. And you should all go follow her, connect with her, read her lovely writings, her blog, everything like that. And yeah. I love your words of wisdom, Rose. You put things so eloquently and it's so just wonderful and relatable and heartfelt and just a, a really amazing example of what stepping into your power can look like. You know, it's just, you're, you're leading the charge here. You're walking the walk and it's a difficult road, but, you know, I love that you extend a hand to others and bring them along on the journey. So thank you so, so much for your time, your words, and your, your beautiful wisdom and sharing this experience. And it is you that I am grateful for and this space and the conversations that you're bringing to the table. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Postpartum Revolution. You can find the show notes and more information from this episode on my website, fullbloomwellness603.com. If the mission of this podcast sparks something inside of you and you want to help revolutionize the birth and postpartum world, please visit my Patreon account and consider making a donation. Each month, I will donate this money to an organization that is fighting to improve the postpartum experience for everybody. To see which organization I'm supporting this month, visit patreon.com and search for the postpartum revolution. Thanks again for listening. And remember, a revolution doesn't catch fire without a spark.